and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome, and this is Cincy Brewcast, and I know exactly what you're thinking right now. I promised you last week that we would be back to normal this week. We would have a normal interview for you, a normal format for Cincy Brewcast. And here we are again, me, solo, talking to you. And I know that that's upsetting. (laughs) It's upsetting to me. But don't worry, we do have our normal interview today. Uh, But I did mess up again. I lost the beginning of the show. So we have to do this intro again. I have to tell you about Cincy Brewcast, which is a craft beer podcast where we go around and we talk to the owners, the brewers, the drinkers, the the people of Cincinnati craft beer to kind of shed a little bit of a light on what makes this community so amazing. Uh, but what doesn't make it amazing is me losing the beginning of the show. So you missed out on from the beer fridge. Uh, what? Let's just dive into it right now. We'll we'll do a a post from the beer fridge. From the beer fridge, <laughs> we drank a, a new beer from Madry called Holidays, and I say we because I was at I was hanging out with uh, with Brady and Kenny from Madry, uh, drinking a bunch of Madry beers, talking Madry. Uh, but we started off talking about this beer, Holidays. It's a it's a new uh, seasonal IPA from the brewery. Um, super west coast uh, piney um it's it's exactly what i want out of a uh, a cool weather or a cold weather even uh, ipa it's 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 not one of these fruity tropical new england uh, things it's made with uh, spruce tips and it is uh it's it's awesome i i'm i'm sorry that you missed out on our conversation about it because it was uh, it was fun getting to try that beer before um it hit store shelves and as of recording this it still has not hit store shelves but it should be soon so uh, keep your eyes open for that because it is delicious i can uh, I can tell you that even afterwards. Um, I still have one here in my fridge, and um, I was going to crack it open while I recorded this, but it is currently uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, and I have to go to work in a little bit, so uh, cracking open a uh, uh, an IPA, regardless of how delicious, <laughs> regardless of how delicious it is, is uh, definitely ill-advised at this point. But... Um, from there, we started talking kind of about uh, canned beer versus draft beer and the things that they're able to release or that they want to release in cans versus the things that maybe um, pop up in the tap room and, and why that difference exists and why consumers you know, will often complain about <laughs> You know, oh, you don't have enough of this on the shelf or that on the shelf or whatever it is. And the struggle as a uh, as a business to put what does sell on shelves and leave off the things that don't. Um, it is a constant game that you're playing with your, your retail partners. Uh, we talked a little bit about, and this, we I don't know if this got cut out or not. I don't know if we, we got this into the interview, but uh, we talked a lot about uh, seasonal beers and the difficulty of uh, putting pumpkin beer on a shelf or putting a a can like this holidays which if you if you look at the can um, it is loaded up with uh, wintry scenes even some little wintry gnomes on there um, we you know it's it's loaded up with 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 things like that it, it it's perfect on the shelf when that's what you see out when you look out your window but as soon as that next season hits, consumers 
just turn their backs on it and don't want it anymore. So um, it's especially noticeable with pumpkin beer, and it's become kind of a, a joke with uh, craft beer drinkers and, and people within the industry too that you know pumpkin beer sells from October 1st until October 31st, and then everybody's just kind of done with it. So it it's difficult to 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 plan that out for a brewery. So we talked about that a little bit, and um, well, let's just jump into the interview. It's uh, we still got plenty of great content there. You just you really just kind of missed out on us talking about uh, this beer holidays. So uh, my apologies for uh, ruining the beginning of the show, but it's good from here on out. I promise. <laughs> here we go. People are buying canned beers for the most part. They want something light, hoppy, or seasonally appropriate. So, um, you know, we've tried various things, even beers like Gnarly Brown or Pale Ales or... Naughty Brown. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, still, I, I still can't really even call it that. I have to, like, actively try. Um, but, you know, like, trying to put beers out like that, even seasonally... Um, you know, it's it it's just tough, and it it uh, I would love to see. We I mean, it, I would say one of the biggest pieces of feedback we get, and it's a, it's a small minority, but it's like I wish you guys had more dark beers on the shelf, and I'm like I wish you guys would buy more dark beers on the shelf because we would absolutely put them out there. But frankly, like they just don't have the velocity that your lagers, pilsners, IPAs, and then these seasonal beers, which you got to be super careful with, right? Because we've talked about it. If this beer is on the shelf on December 26th. Um, yeah, we're trying to really move it fast. One thing that you guys do really well, though, is that you know it, everybody's you're going to have people that are always going to complain. Oh, you don't have enough uh, West Coast IPAs. You don't have enough, you know, New England IPAs. You don't have enough, you know, pumpkin beers. You don't have enough of what I want. And you guys do a really good job in the tap room of making sure that you do have that thing that people want. If if people can't get it at their uh, you know Kroger on the shelf, you can come into that tap room and it's probably there or something close enough to it that will that will make you happy is going to be on tap there and you know i think that's that's harder for some other places uh, volume wise to try to figure out you know how, how how many beers they have in their tap room versus how many are out there in the market and it's kind of the same beers and then they don't have that kind of uh <laughs> that kind of uh satisfaction from people when they walk in oh these these are the same beers that i just saw in kroger i, I want something else and is it how uh, that that difference between the um the 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 environment and that uh experience of the tap room and the things that you put on there versus things you're cranking out to to Kroger and to, to bars and restaurants and things like that uh is it almost is it almost two separate businesses at this point where you're 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 meeting this need of the market, just the same people, but the, the the market as far as the 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 distro side versus the the need of the the tap room um, people. Yeah, if if you think about the tap room demographic, it is not the same. Generally, the same crowd that's buying our beer off the shelf. We we are a very large entity restaurant bar right in in the heart of Oakley, in the heart of the city, right, and and so. Oftentimes, our, our biggest seller in our tap room is is a legendary lager. By far, exceeds any other beer. And then you look at market, and our number one seller is an IPA, right? Psychopathy, right. by far. 
Um, and so you can you can see it, a lot of people are coming to us or coming to the brewery, coming to 2.0 because they want to hang out. They want to they they want to hang out with their friends, family, whatever. They want to celebrate occasions. They're not coming to us specifically for beer first, but beer is a foundation foundational and fundamental thing that we provide that keeps them there and, and that that frankly attracts them. But they're there for occasions, for holidays, for birthdays, for uh, corporate events, right? They see us as a as a great location to 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 really connect. Does that does that bother you guys? I I know that at some you you probably got into this to make beer to share with people. Uh, is it hard to kind of make that that jump in your mind to realize that it's not really about the beer? It's it's hard to to. I think get everybody thinking that way. We've seen, so me personally, like I, I got into beer because of what it uh, of what it means. It's a connector. It's a conduit for conversation. It's right. a it's a conduit, not not to just start regurgitating things that we say as a brand, but for real. This is like I got into beer because it it. I think that I can sit down with anybody, regardless of what what little we have in common, and we can find something in common over a beer. Um, and so I think it's just a natural progression of our brand to understand that fundamentally you've got to, you've got to make fantastic beer, but beer is a fundamental thing and everything else is building on top of that. And re- and really we should be proud of that. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to answer it kind of the same way, but just say bluntly, no, it doesn't bother me. I mean, to Kenny's point, we talk about our purpose being connecting people to nature and each other. And this, this business has always been about connection. And as Kenny said, beer is the foundation of that, but I love when I see all the reasons that Kenny just said, but you know, people have an out of town guest and they want to show a mad tree and they're showing a mad tree because the experience is cool. The bartenders are great. The beer is awesome. There's always new stuff on. So there's a multitude of reasons and beer is absolutely still very fundamental to that. But I don't, I, you know, and I don't personally do it myself. If I'm, if I'm looking for a night out, I don't go and where could I get the best pint in town <laughs> and I'm in the industry and I love fucking beer and there's nothing against that. Right. Now, that's certainly one of the considerations for me, probably more of a consideration of this for the average person in town. But I'm looking at a holistic experience, and I think that's how a lot of people look at it. And I think that's something, to Kenny's point, we should be really proud of. How long did it take you guys to figure that out? Five-ish years, six years. We're still figuring it out. <laughs> we absolutely are still figuring this out. But it's it's it really, like, you guys, I think, for me, like, it, it it's very evident watching that brand grow and that brand evolve um to see that start to happen with you guys there are other brands that they, yeah. they are what they are you know you know Rheingeist is who Rheingeist is i know that within Rheingeist it took within that they had to figure out that kind of the same thing people aren't coming there to drink Rheingeist they're coming there to drink Rheingeist. Like yeah. That's that's why people I, are there. I like that. I, I, I like the way you... Uh, nobody can see so your I, hands right my there. Hands but hands Absolutely. <laughs> it's like he's holding a big, giant... Big Rheingeist. <laughs> big, big ball. Um, and that's that's what we want, too, right? It's it's we, We've always... Not always, actually. Five years now, we've said bigger than beer. And we struggle with saying things like that at times because fundamentally, if you just look at where we were, we were a beer manufacturer. Right. Right. And and now I know like like Brady and I both know exactly where we came from and the, the, the conversations that we had before and why we got here. It took some time to realize some of those things over time. Um, but but at this point, um, we have healthy debates about what industry are we in? 
Are we a manufacturer? That's a great question. Well, no, not really. <laughs> Manuf- manuf- manufacturing supports what we're really doing, which is, think about it, we're hospitality, we're direct-to-consumer. We're in a lot of pieces, but, but, even that, but what's like it's, primary? It's, it's so much like... It's it's even bigger than that though because like I you know the last couple of years I haven't sat down in that tap room as much as I wanted to like the hospitality of what Madtree is is not what I'm getting to experience day in and day out I'm I'm, I'm sometimes I'm grabbing it from Kroger sometimes I'm might be swinging through and grabbing a a growler too oh, I haven't bought a growler in a long time I don't know that that's not accurate yeah, who, but, buy, who but, buys growlers now right. <laughs> remember but, but, when remember when that was a, a big thing <laughs> they're they're gathering dust all over my basement I have hundreds of growlers at this point but I use know, them for cocktails now <laughs> the, the experience of uh, of mad tree for me is very different than somebody that's going into that tap room and getting that hospitality experience. I, I, I haven't, you know, I, I don't get to interact with your bartenders as much as I get to interact with myself sitting at my bar, pouring myself a beer, you know, like it, but yet there is still something about that mad tree thing that is part of that experience for me. And I, I, I don't know if that's considered hospitality, uh, because it's just me in my basement. It's terrible hospitality yeah. there. Bartenders, I mean, it's the experience that you're having. Yeah, but so it's it's not it's it's this experience thing, which is a whole like it's much bigger than I, th- I think you can. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you know we we're kind of joking. It took us five or six years to figure it out. I think it was five or six years for us to start uh, till we internalized that and started talking about that to our company and to our consumers. But it's always been there. I mean, if I think back to like. I can't, I, I can't remember a moment, even right. homebrewing or when we first started the brewery, that I would taste a beer that I just made and be like, oh my God, this is amazing, where the beer in and of itself was this like memorable moment. I'll tell you what I can remember, and it's some of my favorite times at Mad Tree, and it used to happen at 1.0 all the time, and it happens at 2.0 all the time, where 3.30, 4 o'clock, brewers come out, people are getting off taproom shifts, office comes out, and we're sitting at the end of the bar having a beer. And it might be a new beer that we created. It might be an existing beer. We might be doing a beer shot. That's what I remember. And the beer is the foundation, but the connection is the piece that like really brings it home. I mean, I remember the first first day we had uh, beer on at Arthur's. Like, don't get me wrong, seeing that tap handle up there by myself was a very special moment. But sitting there with all of our Cavalier reps and when Kenny and Jeff showed up, like that was fucking special. Right. So it really is about the connection. That first check was pretty good too. <laughs> but it like sure fucking needed that (laughs) you know there there are so many people that just go and they grab their six pack off the the shelf and take it home and throw it in the fridge and don't put a second thought to it and that's okay but you know know, this whole this whole thing is about so much more than that and like i i i don't know how to uh how to explain that to people i don't know how to i don't know how to communicate that and yet you guys over these last years have have really started to figure out a way to explain that to your consumers of it's not it's not about us as as people it's not about the beer that's in your glass it's not a not even about that taproom experience it's about this bigger thing of of how it fits into in, into life, I guess. Like it, it's a little deep, but I mean, it, it. Like these are the things that memories form around, and relationships form around, and experiences form around, and like that's craft beer. And yeah. yet there are so 
so many breweries that are much older than you guys that still haven't figured out a way to communicate that to their consumers. Well, that's still them too. Like they, that is what makes them work. And they, they haven't even figured that out as a company. And yet you guys seem to be hitting yep. on that really, really well right now. That's, I like it. I think we have the awareness. I don't, I don't think we're yeah, doing it well right now, but I, I appreciate the, I think you were doing it. The compliment. I think you're doing it well. I think that there are still, there are still plenty of your consumers who could be kind of brought into that and kind of, um, uh, uh, that be explained to them better but um i think that's on them i think they'll get there i think you guys are, are doing exactly what you need to be doing right now i would agree with you now my kenny and i are both critical of our efforts i think we've made some amazing strides in the last two years but we're certainly we certainly have a ways to go on where we where we want to get to you know we talk about as we've crystallized the vision of uh, we very simply say a purpose-driven company our kids will be proud of and i think as we think through these things that we're doing one percent for the planet. Although I would say with our donations lately, it's more like two percent for the planet. <laughs> trying to trying to get that in check a little bit. We're, we're a little we're a little excited and, and, and gung ho. But through things like one percent for the planet, we've got consumers who are now booking private events, who are paying carbon offsets for those private events. So what we're gonna, that participation is like like the only way that we can hit the goals that we're after is yeah. to have our community participate with us. Right. And like that's the most warming part, the most exciting one of the most exciting things for me lately is like seeing our community participate with us in, in trying to make the impact that we're trying to make. But again, you, you built that culture from day one, whether you realized it or not, whether you, you understood where it fit into this bigger picture of what, what mad dream, what craft beer is, you know, you, with the, with the, the greats, when you toss a buck for charity, like you, it's been you, there, you're you, right. You walk in and it's right in your yeah. face, whether you realized it or not. Yep. I, again, a lot of breweries weren't that great about it they understood that it was part of what makes craft beer what it is but it wasn't it wasn't in your face the way that it was with you guys i yep. you know not to not to just sit here and you know tickle your assholes the whole time with a feather is that a, is that a saying i think that's a saying but like i, I please use a feather i'm i'm, I'm, I'm really i, I i'm i'm proud to be in a city that has a place like you guys um in it i, I it's Thank you. it's it, there there are a lot of very big beer cities that don't have somebody that is doing things as, as well as you guys are and um i mean that from the bottom of my heart appreciate that um we should talk about the future uh, you guys have a second location uh the alcove opening up what, early next year ish Marco with that ish. Ish. <laughs> so uh talk about that uh, method of uh growth or i don't know that i even want to word it as growth as uh as much as as i don't i don't i don't know what the, the right word is but uh expansion no 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 i don't know <laughs> let's talk about the future guys yeah <laughs> i mean talk about the alcove a little bit <laughs> I mean, this we we've had these conversations for years about what would this next expansion look like, and we've had tons of ideas, right? We've had ideas of going to other cities with the Mad Tree, going to the suburbs with the Mad Tree, doing a Belgian beer bar at 1.0 was an idea we had at a point. Ken and I had to go visit Belgium to flush that idea out. <laughs> um, I think what drove what's driving Alcove is how can we take this brand that we believe is beautiful and that is moving certainly in a direction that is going to look different to some people and how can we bring that to life and that's where otr made complete sense the spot is wonderful i will 
be straight up one of the biggest attractors of the spot is that it has these four big beautiful mature trees um that used to be the kaze patio um it is going to look completely different than what the kaze patio looked like it gave us an opportunity to put in a four season greenhouse it's got great private event space and then we get to take over a building that was built in 1873 the henry henry violet building which was the largest german beer hall um, back in the late 1800s and early 1900s and transform that into this like beautiful living green space um, so we're working with uh, Urban Blooms, who we worked with it um, at 2.0, and then partnering with Stephen Williams from Bouquet and Spoon, and his stuff's just amazing. It's been my favorite restaurant in town before we started working with him, but bringing to life his food in our space is going to be pretty pretty cool to see. It's going to be a little more, uh, I'd say, bar appropriate, right? He's more sit down, but he's still right. he's still very affordable and, and uses simple ingredients. He's almost a hundred percent. I think he is a hundred percent farm to table, um, which will certainly Elevated feature there. bar food. Is that what we call it? Now yeah, that's, that's probably the wrong term for it. God, if Steven listens to this, he'd be like, he's cringing right now. Yeah, he is cringing. Um, I don't know what, I mean, it's a little bit more like smaller plates. Um, some shareables. We're certainly going to bring in food. Can we call it drinking food? Like that yeah. food that you just want to kind of sit there and like, you know, you're, you're sharing it with the people at your table. You're sharing uh, food. Yeah, it's sharing food. Uh, I think all food is drink, <laughs> drinking food. <laughs> I, uh, what does it mean for you know Madtree going forward? You know, we had this this image in our head of what Madtree was. It was a a beer production facility. You know, this uh, this giant production space that just you know is 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 cranking out beer and now we're starting to see you guys kind of focus in and, and create these what uh, we're going to have two very different taproom experiences it kind of opens the door to this whole other side of where you can express what that brand is and how it can do you remember that to different places that sears commercial come see the softer side of sears i do you're about to see it <laughs> it's the softer side of that yeah i think that's that's a really great example i think it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be us focusing on being more intentional about creating i think more in- inclusivity to be frank like we we kind of joke um at 2.0 Kenny and I did most of the design. We had an interior designer, but it's like 80 shades of gray. Like every room's a different, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, it's like five, but there's just gray everywhere. And it's a very like dude inspired design. And I think it looks fine. It's a huge space. So I'm, I'm not knocking it. I love the way it looks. Um, the space is not that, the space definitely has, I don't know that I want to go as far as say the feminine touch, but it has a very, very different look, tone and feel. <laughs> When you guys open 2.0, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of that design aspect and a lot of the personality of what 2.0 has was trying not to let go of yeah. what 1.0 was, trying yep. not to piss people off. Yep. You People fell in love with what this was, and as you create this new space for them, you have to let them be comfortable. Well, yep. It's us too, though. I mean, the, the first space, 1.0, we, you know, we were... We were building around a, a, a warehouse so right. it, it was what it was but that was still like the aesthetic there was still us we yeah. built it the way we wanted it and then we've evolved we've grown and 2.0 was how we liked it yet we had four or five years of feedback and we grew and 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 our customers grew and our consumers our, our community are all kind of growing with this and now this place is yet another progression although i think it's a bigger progression than it was from 1.0 to 2.0 you 
Because if you think about it, it's actually been longer now, the time between 2.0 and this. <laughs> Stop it. Than it was between 1.0 and 2.0, which breaks my brain every time I think about it. But we're, yeah. we're, we've, also, yeah. we've also become much more, in Brady's term, intentional. Um, we've defined and declared who we are versus you know, a, a, a scrappy startup that has no idea what the hell we're doing. Not saying we really know what we're doing now, but we've at least put on, put on paper this is what we want, and this is what we believe. And then you can build something to exemplify that versus build something to be utility and effective, or sorry, efficient, which right. is really where our heads were. We just have to do this because we have to sell beer. Now it's we do this because this is the most effective way to do what we want to do. God, that's, that's fascinating to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a as a Mad Tree fan from from day one, um, it makes me feel good. Like it just really makes me feel good about where this is going. You, you, growth is good. I, uh, I mean, no, I, you know, gr- there's growth in itself is not inherently good. It, well, it, I think it, it is inherently it, good. If, if it's done the right way, it can be good. Yeah, it's got to be good growth. But, but there's, again, this what I'm saying, there are good growth and bad growth. <laughs> there, are places, mean, there are places that grow just for the sake of growing and yeah. just, just... Like that growth on your back uh, isn't a good thing, right? <laughs> right, sometimes it's not good. <laughs> and you, and actually, actually yeah, I want to be clear. I, I didn't necessarily mean a, like, like growing the business. I think that's good too, but I, I meant just growth mindset and this idea that like I mean, that's what life is, right? Like, how do we how do we make tomorrow better than we made today, and make sure we're having a bigger impact tomorrow than we had today? And like, growth is a good thing. And I think, <laughs> I think that's I'm not gonna lie, that's been tough for for a lot of the 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 old kind of beer geek community. And I don't say old, um, but you know, a lot of the beer geek community, it's been tough for them to embrace. It's been tough at times for our employees to embrace. It's been tough for regular consumers to embrace, right? Because right? people get very accustomed to what they're seeing. But man, that's what makes this thing so much fun. If we were just trying to do more of what we did five, six, seven years ago, I'll be honest, we would have stalled from a re- revenue standpoint, which wouldn't have been sustainable, and it wouldn't have been nearly as much fun. But I, I like that you're coming at it from that perspective, because that is who you guys are. You're, like Your growth is good growth. There are yeah. so many places within craft beer that the growth has not been good and as a as a craft beer drinker like you get these places that you fall in love with for something that you don't even understand why you love them and then they grow and you're like oh man i don't know why but i don't love them anymore like this is not the place that that i that i liked this isn't the the culture that i liked this isn't the beer that I there, there's something missing now from what this place is and whether it was intentional the whole time or not, as you guys have grown along this path, uh, this branch of the, the, the mad dream, <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, you, you guys have, have still managed to hold on to whatever that thing is that, that made people roots. fall in love with your roots. Your, your roots run deep. Um, our connective fungi, <laughs> fungi are not trees. <laughs> But they grow on the edge of roots, and trees talk to each other. Oh, what? Uh, going to go, go, we're talking about? <laughs> we're talking about one point a little bit. Uh, <laughs> what's the story with one point You guys are still in the space technically. There's there's things happening there that nobody knows uh, what is what is going on there. The barrels and things like that. Uh, I, I think the the lease of the space runs up soon. Is that right? Do I am I right about that? Who told you that? I don't know. <laughs> what, what's happening with 1.0? We've got it locked up for another 10 years. It's good. 
there, there's yes, our lease will be up soon. We're about to renew short term, um, and we'll be going into we'll we'll have some really serious conversations about what's next there. So I can still uh, coming, hold on coming to the hope soon. of a like a a one speakeasy happening. <laughs> Does a speakeasy make any money if no, nobody, if nobody no, it knows it's there? Yeah, it does not make so any money. There is this. I know we talked about growth, and you said growth, and, and I feel like your bad growth was like growth for the sake of growth, for the sake of dollars. But you also have to have some dollars in it. So speakeasy is probably off the table. How many square feet do you, can you dedicate to a speakeasy? Uh, to uh, there's a men's room. <laughs> yeah, we got it for that. you. Yeah, a men's room <laughs> with a, with a beer tap and like like four chairs, I mean, four chairs. <laughs> for me and a couple of friends and we can hang out in the men's room and just reminisce about what it used to be. <laughs> I, I know, or me personally, I've got the nostalgia of that place is incredible. I would, I would absolutely hate to, to, to give it up just because it didn't make financial sense, but that goes against I kind it. of my mentality most of the time. Anyway, I, um, I think, I think there's potential. What about, we'll just uh, say that. what about a, 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 another kind of startup brewery, maybe taking over the space or something? Has there been any, uh, talks about that? I don't think so. No, because we've, we've evaluated a lot of the, stuff. The, yeah. the nostalgia of a space means something. I, uh, whenever I go to Cincy Brewing Company, I don't know if you guys have been in the old Rivertown Lachlan space. Uh, you go in there and it immediately reminds you of Rivertown Lockland when it was Rivertown Lockland, when it was a thing. It was brewery number six, <laughs> seven, uh, in Cincinnati? Uh, less than that. Well, depending, on, depending on where that, yeah. how, how you count the, the start and the, uh, but it feels it feels good from that perspective. Like you walk in and you're like, Oh my God, do you remember when this was this? And like, it, it taps into something else other than, um, how many times do you go back for that know, nostalgia? A lot. Really? Yeah. Interesting. A lot. But that's, that's, do we you can think, get, we, uh, we can, do my, you, my therapist is in here. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. What <laughs> but I, that's I, bad growth, but I do, but, <laughs> but I think that there are a lot of people like me that, that, um, that, not to take away from what anybody is doing right now, but you, you look at what craft beer in Cincinnati is today and it's very different than what craft yeah. beer was then. And not that it's bad, but it is different. And there are, there yeah. are people that want a place that they can go and, uh, live in the past, I guess. <laughs> I, don't know. Okay. I don't know. No, we've, we've, we've talked about doing like pop-ups there to be frank. The reason we haven't done it, it's just the investment of time to pull it off versus what we're focused on right, right now. That's, that's why we haven't invested in doing it. I would love to do it, but it, so far to this point, it's been, a, it's been a distraction. Um, but yeah, there's, we've, as we get into plans next year, and I'm not saying this happens next year, this is right. the planning cycle next year. We got to start talking about really what we want to do there. We've evaluated a few things. Um, I mentioned the Belgian beer bar. There's been other stuff that we've looked at, but we've not gotten really serious about it. But it's also how do we do something that's different, that speaks to who we are as a brand now? Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what that looks like anymore. Well, you guys, you know, when when the alcove was announced in some of those articles, it was also mentioned that the, you know you're not done looking for spaces. Like the growth of of Mad Tree is is not it's not static. It's a it's nope. a constantly growing. Thing. <laughs> I can't stop, guys. <laughs> 
but you know where where that expands and what that looks like is could be very different in you know a year than it is today it was probably very different today than it was you know two years ago um i've already started working on it it's fun you've already started working on uh space number three yeah Okay. I mean, it, it, to be honest, there, there's, we're working on what is the concept, but right. we, we've got ideas we've been tossing around for a few years. So it's about flushing them out, what makes sense, what speaks to the brand, what can we actually make work from a financial standpoint. Okay. We right. have a name for it. It's 4.0. <laughs> it's very clever. <laughs> well, there's there's a great space right down the street from me. Uh, I'm sure you haven't heard that before, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll put a little sign out and say, you know, nobody, nobody come here because this is uh, 4.0. Um, I just need it close to me. I just need a place that I can walk to, guys. <laughs> uh, let's completely shift gears again. We're running low on time. I know that. And uh, uh, I want to talk about non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> it is something that has fascinated me for the last uh, maybe six months or so. I've tried to... Um, I've, I've been exploring, we'll say I've been, I've been nope. dabbling in it and I have found a whole bunch of them that are very disappointing. Yep. And, uh, the one that I found that actually tasted like beer was a Budweiser product. And it made me sad that it was a Budweiser product and that it actually, what was, was it? The 0.0. 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, yeah. Um, I've heard good things about the Sam Adams, just the haze. Um, I did try that, but, uh, full disclosure i tried it the week that i had covid i didn't think that i'd lost my sense of taste and smell but when i tried that i realized that something was wrong (laughs) because it didn't taste good (laughs) Um, that's a bit of a mind fuck right there you're like is this the non-alcoholic beer or do i have covid it was it was so i i I knew i had covid when i when i had it um when i had the beer and uh, well you know everything else has been tasting okay Uh, i'm gonna try this and we'll see how it goes and i tried it my god it's not good and I, yeah. I tried it live on on my live show, and I'm like, I, guys, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> I know I have COVID, but so far everything has tasted okay, but this tastes like crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> some rabbit hole after just, I, I can't keep things on track. Uh, talk about non-alcoholic beer. You guys mentioned that you were dabbling in the space a little bit. Uh, number one, why? And number two, um, how does that fit into the, the the brand of what madry is today i think it fits great um we have been dabbling uh we've been test patching it maybe a year ish um we're still working on where we where we need to get this we definitely want to start um bringing it into our tap room and that, that could be what we make or what we don't make um and we're still trying to figure out what that looks like we are next year going to start evaluating it more uh, come to a at least form a point of view on whether this is something we want to go after. I personally, I've started drinking them a, I'd say a decent amount. Like for me in this industry with the amount of like happy hours that I have, there's times where I'm just like, fuck a Monday happy hour. Uh, and I'll just pour myself beer behind and walk out and do my happy hour. And I mean, I'm not trying to hide it. I tell people I'm drinking a non-alcoholic, but it's a really nice substitute. But I do agree with you. I've not had, ones that are like blowing me away the athletic stuff's been pretty good but even there i'm not like in love with untitled arts also been pretty good but still like not completely hitting the point with me um i don't know where we're gonna take it Uh, it it's interesting to me because like there are so many situations where i'm like i 
want to sit here and I want to have a beer with people, but I don't really want a, a, a beer. I don't want to drink right now. I, I, I'm, I'm done for the night or I have to get up early or whatever it may be. Yep. Like there are times where I don't want to drink alcohol, but I want to drink. <laughs> like yep. there isn't that thing that fits for that. You want right to, now. you want to participate in right. whatever the occasion is. Right. And if you look at it, at kind of our progression over time, yep. we were all beer. Uh, 2019, we finally, we finally got over ourselves uh, and we said, uh, well, let's put some cocktails on. I think that was the last time so, we sat down together. Might have been. Yeah. yeah. So we, we had a cider on for a bit um, and we still have run the same cider, 42 mile. Um, and we put cocktails on at the end of 19 going, you know, we had, we had some data going into COVID into 2020. So around that point, we saw cocktails go from zero cocktails. So cocktail and ciders um, were probably 12, 13% within call it four months when we put them on. Um, and then coming out of the, well, reopening after COVID, we put wine on. And so what we've seen now, we're, we're currently running probably 18, 19% uh, uh, cider cocktails and wine in our tap room. So obviously the consumer's asking for this. Right. So if if you know if you're fundamentally a beer manufacturer, fundamentally a beer tap room, then sure you're you're not going to put it on. But again, we as we start to understand who we are, why we exist, we're there for the experience, we're there for the connection. Then then <laughs> we're, 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 besides besides that bourbon that's being poured right now. We're, we're, we're turning people away. And, and that's what we would hear that too. Um, and we had to recognize it. We had to become aware of it that, you know, the bearded dude was like, yeah, man, I want to come here for, for a beer, but my wife won't join me because she doesn't want to drink this. Or, uh, you know, my boy, or I, I love beer, but my boyfriend doesn't want to drink beer. He wants something else. And so even the bearded white dudes are drinking seltzers seltzers and cocktails and all that kind of stuff. The, no, the number one most requested thing in our tap room is is a seltzer, and I think it's actually White Claw, not a seltzer. All right. So why why go down the route of wine or cider or uh, non alcoholic beer if the number one requested thing is seltzer? That's a great question. Because <laughs> I because I think it's actually White Claw, it's not seltzer. <laughs> well, that's, that's okay. But that's but that's like people ask for a Kleenex because they they want a tissue. Yeah. They don't. No, you know. you're you're probably right about that. We've we we were test batching seltzer. We may still come out with one for the tap room. Uh, I'll be frank. We have no interest out in cans in the market. Um, we frankly kind of even back to talking about 1.0. We've just put our focus in other areas as opposed to coming up with seltzer. Um, NA was a focus for a while. We've since shifted. Um, I think eventually it's probably smart of us to put one in the tap room. I don't know. Who knows where that market's going? It's bizarre. It's very strange. But it's clear that there are, there is a segment of people that are going out drinking places that are their needs are not being met. And there's whether it be cider or wine or seltzer or whatever it is, like there's this thing that they just they keep going to that next thing, trying to find what what is going to meet that need that hasn't been met yet. And it's the beer drinkers, are the beer drinkers. And they, I think 
are the beer drinkers, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're not drifting around all that much, but there's these other people that sometimes drink beer, sometimes go to the, uh, you know, the, the, the low calorie beer, sometimes go to non-alcoholic beer, sometimes go to seltzer, sometimes they're just trying to find something. And I don't, I don't well, it, know it, what that is. If you just looked at our data alone, the shift that we've seen has been, it's a compliment to, uh, in some ways it complements our portfolio, um, but taproom wise, I mean, the biggest change in in adult beverage sales has been on the cocktail side, and I think that's what we're starting to see in market too is is a shift of the consumer from beer to seltzer to RTDs ready to drink cocktails. So I think I think there's potential on the RTD side of the world um, uh, if our taproom says anything, and if the markets like if the trend continues. I think we're going to see a shifting consumer go from seltzer to RTDs. I get that. Like I, I'm not a seltzer drinker. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. More. I've drank a lot of seltzer just for scientific purposes, but I think that makes me a, a seltzer drinker. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do find myself like I, I love cocktails, and in the summertime when I'm hanging out by the pool or when I'm camping and things like that, like I, I'm not, I'm not making a cocktail, and I kind of want one <laughs> and there isn't a lot of great uh, uh rtds that uh, kind of fit that 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 need for me and if you don't put it right now if you don't uh, uh back sweeten it about 85 calories per serving i don't care about calories i don't, I don't drink for calories <laughs> but i know that there people are and i respect you guys and i get it <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by this other side of, uh, it's not even another side of drinking cause it's always been there, but the, the people that are finding themselves into the culture of what craft beer has been, but they aren't craft beer people and uh, finding ways to kind of welcome them into that world yeah. and make them, uh, comfortable in that space and have their thing that they, are happy with drinking. It's, I, love yeah, I mean, it. to it's, say it, it's, to it's say it's it frankly, like craft breweries, tap rooms have become bigger than craft beer. I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, it, it, we see it in our tap room. We can't just said it right. Cocktails, cider, um, the amount of legendary lager we sell, I guarantee, you know, a third of those people would pro are probably buying Bud Light at a Kroger, right, which right. is probably why our sales of legendary are so much greater in our tap room than they are on the shelf. Um, which is okay. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting to see um, what people are grabbing when they're when they are out in a tap room now. If you know, if you don't have those options for them, will they find something that does make them happy? So if you uh, if you're that uh, that Bud Light drinker that maybe will grab a seltzer, if there's a seltzer available, would you have been drinking um, a lift or whatever it may be instead? Or I would say I would say some people yes, but based on the feedback we're getting, we were getting just exactly what Kenny said earlier. People who weren't coming because they wanted to come out with a group and they had someone who was celiac, and we had no options, or they just don't like beer. Um, I think there's a lot of people that weren't coming out for that reason. Especially if you go around our tap room now, you might see whole tables without a beer. That's crazy to me. It I mean, it, it, it's okay, but it's it is it's crazy to me knowing where this all started to where it is today. It's yeah, people are branching out. I, it, <laughs> oh, I see what you did. 
it's i mean it's good like we, you we know talk, you, sorry to interrupt you you know you know we almost used that as our uh, our slogan when we we came out with mad tree back in 2013 we were gonna just do branch out and uh and I, we were, I was like pretty serious about it. I don't know how much we actually talked about it, but then uh, we found out Angry Orchard was using it. We're like, ah, oh, fuck, we probably shouldn't do <laughs> yeah, that. That's not, we shouldn't mess with them too much. <laughs> I'm really glad we didn't. It's way too cheesy. I love it though. I love cheesy. Like that to me, there is there is a side of craft beer that is still fun with some of that stuff. Like it's a little bit of cheese is okay. Uh, it's It's part of what makes craft beer kind of fun still. It's not, it's not bourbon it's uh it's craft beer like it's yeah we love the fun side of craft beer like all the plagiarism of labels wow. trademark infringement that's all <laughs> that's so that's, much fun that's not really it's what I was so referring funny to. too wouldn't it be cool it's if we put skittles to. in our beer and you can, then call it a taste of rainbow you can you can be clever with things and not steal other people's work <laughs> hey what, what are your favorite letters in the alphabet c and d <laughs> guys i appreciate you uh sitting down with me um i i i love who mad tree is and i i I hope that everybody that's listening to this has some kind of thing in their head of what mad tree means to them because it, it really as it as it does evolve it becomes very different things for different people and um and that that's more than okay that's that's what everybody should be striving for right now and um i'm happy that you guys have have figured out a way to make that work even if even if you guys don't necessarily see it yeah but you're 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 nailing it and it uh uh it's good it's good for good for cincinnati it's good for craft beer it's good for um good for drinking in general i appreciate that and you've you've been amazing through the years it's awesome to see you doing so well and uh I mean, look, the, the reason we don't send our marketing managers because Kenny and I really enjoy these these, <laughs> these interviews, so thank you. Your, your marketing manager is always welcome on the show, <laughs> for the record. Um, thank you, guys. Um, I, I love you guys, and I love Matry, and keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, thank if, you. If you guys listening to the show don't know about Matry, visit them online at matry.com or grab them on your local store shelf. But if you're listening to Cincy Broadcasting and you don't know who Matry is, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> MadTreeBrewing.com. Uh, Cincy Brewcast is the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>